Greetings, and welcome to episode 32 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a trip to the Game Corner to talk about Call of Juarez Gunslinger. Shucks howdy, y'all! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time once again for Game Corner. This time, it's Call of Juarez Gunslinger. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Trap the Viking. That other guy is on, oh, it's just fucking gone now. What's up, buddy? <laughs> How's it going? So picture that voice for uh, probably about five hours worth of audio and about seven to eight days worth of work, and nice. you'll know my sanity level from doing this most recent audiobook. I was going to say, uh, sounds like your last audiobook kind of got to you a little bit. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was uh, a very interesting little story, only about 113 pages. So I was able to knock it out in a few days. And I'm actually hoping that she does more because I really like to continue that Tom Treadwell character. Oh, cool. I'm glad you're actually uh, enjoying it. That's uh... That is a, a definite flip from the last one. Yeah. Last one you were like, just shoot me now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely considering not just just not and i felt bad because i really liked the guy super nice dude really nice to work with very little criticism for the work that i gave him his book was just not up to the usual standards of stuff that i read and i and i feel bad saying that because he was just such a nice dude anyway wasn't your kind of book so it and really wasn't it happens it does it does cool so, so what have you been playing lately been playing a lot actually um recently dragon quest 8 was uh re-released on on 3ds as a, a full remaster from the playstation 2 version so i've been playing the shit out of that i'd never finished it before and i have the playstation 2 version but nothing to play it on so i was like okay i'll do this also been playing uh bloodborne the old hunters uh, the dlc for it because i love the game more than pretty much any other dark Souls series which is a high Dang bar a lot that's a high bar for me uh, I also actually, right before the cast went live, I beat Final Fantasy 15 tonight, and I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Nice. Now, are you going to go after the Platinum Trophy? No. <laughs> but why not, Paul? Because I enjoyed the finished story, and I didn't enjoy the game enough to continue playing it. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. And, and also, uh, Call of War is Gunslinger. Yeah, we've, been, we've both been piling on the Gunslinger this past week. So I've been playing a really weird game because my gaming has been very limited this last couple of weeks, especially this past week with craziness. Oh, yeah. Um, but I found a cool little mobile game that I've been really enjoying playing on my iPad. Yeah. It's called Pixel Starships. And I'll put a link in the show notes because it's kind of neat. So if you have an iOS device, it's it's pretty fun. And the best way I can describe it, which is how I described it to you, was like, Hmm. combining ftl with fallout shelter 
Hmm. So you have a little ship and you build the different rooms inside of it and you get crew members to operate in each of the little rooms like right. fallout shelter sure. and then you fly your ship around and you get into space battles where you shoot at other ships and you have power management and just like ftl and mm -hmm. like there's actually a plot uh like a little plot line and you can go exploring to get resources and i don't know it's just a fun little thing to putz around with for like you know 20 or 30 minutes while i'm watching really terribly horrible funny hbo shows <laughs> nice we've been so, watching uh been watching girls lately which is i'm sorry oh like the people on that there's no likable people on that show which is kind of funny i mean um, Lena dunham is really not likable in real life so it should translate well to her <laughs> oh no like her character is so much ridiculously more crazy than she has ever come across like it's you, I don't understand why. That's a high them. bar. No, seriously. I no, seriously. That is a high bar. I know. I'm, I'm not kidding. But the she funny, cleared in tennis shoes. I mean, come on. <laughs> the funny part for me, though, is imagining the entire thing as a backstory for Kylo Ren because Adam Driver is in it, and it makes this. Makes, it makes it so much more hilarious because they're just you'll come in. There'll be times he'll be like making shit with like welding torches and crap in his apartment and his like his whole apartment will be all fucked up and he's like just welding shit together for no apparent reason and you're just like all right what the fuck <laughs> that does not much sound like a stable ind individual and would expect no, no, a lot he, from he is not star wars yeah no yeah but he has like weird temper tantrums and antisocial problems so it sounds just like his character from star wars which makes it extra hilarious yeah yeah it does um side note is that ios exclusive i believe so i'm looking at their i looked at their website a minute ago and it looks like it's only available on the apple store right now gotcha gotcha well it's a shame yeah it is a shame because it's actually a little fun it's really it's really cute and just kind of it's called an 8-bit starship management strategy sci-fi mmorpg is the official thing on the <laughs> Let's just throw everything at the fucking wall and see what sticks, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Anything else you've been playing aside from Gunslinger, of course? No, not yet. I've been kind of like getting ready to play stuff, which sounds really weird. But like I'm trying to figure out how to play some things without actually having a television to play them on, like my Dreamcast. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Because it has, I don't, it doesn't have HDMI. It just has RGB or sure, sure. So I'm trying to get a, um, they make upscalers that you basically plug. Uh, right. I've got one for the. Yeah, you plug your little RCAs or uh, components into, and then it has a HDMI output. But then I also, I also need to split the audio signal so i can play it through my speakers because it my monitor doesn't have speakers so gotcha hdmi into the monitor is not going to do anything for me because i will have no sound uh well you well i could send you mine and what you could do is just literally put the video in and have it in the hdmi out and just use mm -hmm. the two audio for your speakers right yeah. if you want mine you can have it that's that's what i'm debating on um but they're they're really cheap so I'm not terribly worried about it. It would actually probably cost you <laughs> as much money to send me yours as it would for me to buy one. Probably, but then I wouldn't have it anymore. And oh. Do you not want it anymore? I don't use it, okay. so I'd rather have somebody else use it, you know? I will I will take that off of your hands then. Yay! Deal done. Indeed. All right. 
So you have news? some news here I that do. I actually haven't heard about. So please fill me in on this because this sounds really interesting. It is. It is. So in Washington, D.C., they're trying to set themselves up as the, I guess, the the mecca of esports because they're official sports and conventions authority events dc has announced that it is not only sponsored nrg esports but is planning to build a 65 million dollar esports stadium in late 2018. they're trying to set themselves up as hey you can come here watch all the esports you want this is going to be a great tourist attraction and i feel like that's a really good idea Supposedly, it's going to come in late 2018, early 2019, having 4,200 seats and being fully wired for esports. That's, yeah. I mean, 4,200 is not a huge stadium, but that's still pretty cool. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting. NRG is actually a really big esports company. Like they own teams and they play multiple games. Mm -hmm. um, their League of Legends team died. Um, <laughs> that's a shame. So they got relegated. So they, Oh. They, they were in the LCS and they lost and yeah. got relegated down to the challenger right. uh, slot. And so they sold their challenger slot, which is basically what a lot of teams end up doing when they, if they get relegated is like, like their team is done. They just, they're, they get out. They split. Yeah. Like they don't, they sell it off. So they don't have a league of legends team anymore, but they do CSGO, Hearthstone, Overwatch, Rocket League, Smash, uh, Smite, Vainglory, and For Honor, apparently, now. I guess. I mean, you do you. They have they have some pretty interesting characters playing games for them. Yeah. Supposedly, they're trying to set this up specifically for the, uh, the Overwatch team that's coming out. Not necessarily that it's going to be hosting it, but they're trying to set themselves up for it. Yeah. That's all the news I had. Anything? I'm just laughing at the name of one of their Overwatch players is named Seagull. As in Jason Seagull? Or Seagull? No. Seagull, like the bird. Like the okay. bird. Alright, I, I guess. Apparently his favorite person is Genji. Well, I would hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just, just putzing around the uh, NRG.GG website. I'm not a fan of either Genji or Hanzo, the... Uh... Brothers yeah. from Japan. Oh, which is funny because their next guy is, is Hanzo. Milo and his favorite hero is Hanzo. Well, he can eat a dick. Fuck you, Milo. <laughs> so, main topic? Was there anything else? No. I That's uh, all I had for news. I just thought yeah. it was a really interesting piece to share. Yeah, that that is neat because uh, with some esports stuff that's been going on, like it's interesting to see what will happen with this stuff soon because... The NBA thing is really fucking crazy too. And like, I'm really curious how that's going to happen. I don't know if you've heard yeah. about that yet. I, I have. Uh, one of the teams, maybe a month or so old. Like, the, like, and, well, yeah, I think we mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Specifically, um, the NBA is going to be itself, the NBA itself is hosting esports leagues now. Yes. And there's eventually their goal is to have a team representing each NBA team. Mm hmm. And like each player is going to create their own person to represent them. And then teams are going to draft the players. Like they're going to have a draft weird and they're going to draft the players and they're going to play themselves in the game, representing their teams. That just seems weird to me, but like, it could be cool. It could go really well, like depending on how they the nba presents it because like 
it sounds like a perfect thing for halftime. It does, but halftime is so short. What are you going to put in there? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's that's what I don't know. I don't know how you how you cram it in and whether you just like have the game played beforehand and you air it during halftime because video game fans will tune in. Like if they are interested in the game and they like this this game, they'll tune in because it's interesting and it's something new to see. But sure. the key to really getting it to take off and getting the other NBA teams into it is like, how do you get the casual basketball fan to watch people play a video game of a basketball game? Well, it sure beats watching the fucking halftime show. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like you could have these things and just you know put it on the stadium during the game. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious. I want to see it. Like I'm. It definitely has me interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious know. to see how it works out because I think 2018 is the first season they're going to do it, and they're going to have eight teams, I think, represented, and then they're going to add more and more each season until each basketball team is represented. I think that was what I read, but it's a very just interesting concept. I want to see how it how it takes shape. Absolutely. That might also explain why uh, DC is building the Energy Stadium specifically. Yeah. It might be a kind of a, a tie-in with the uh, NBA. It could be because the NBA does have a team there. So yep, Washington Wizards, I think. Yes. I'm not. I'm not huge on the NBA. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're they're not a great basketball team. So you're probably forgiven. I mean, I also know that the um, the Energy Stadium is going to host the uh, WNBA team there, which. It's kind of telling how many fans they have if they're only having a 4,200 seat stadium. Yeah. Well, I don't well. know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of sad because they're really talented. Yeah. I don't know. They have really good fundamentals. I, I just think they're extremely talented just to watch. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Making fun of really old WNBA commercials. Yeah. Okay, main topic, since we're now making fun <laughs> of a sport that should have died decades ago. <laughs> All right. So, as usual for our Game Corner games, this first half, we're going to talk mechanics. We're going to talk very broad. We're going to try to avoid spoilers as much as we possibly can. Hopefully, there will be basically none. Um, and we will give you a big, giant, super huge warning when spoilers are going to start, so you will have time to dodge them. Because basically, the next, the last half of the episode will be all super spoiler filled. And uh, if you don't want to be spoiled and you want to go play the game based on a recommendation in the first half, uh, you have time to go do that and then come back and participate in the rest of the discussion. Yeah, and it'll give you ample time until we do the next game corner too, since we're now doing them. I think no. once the game game corners are as normal. The, yeah, but uh, we're we're still doing them once every other month. Yeah, really. Yes, but that's that's kind of the thing. Yep, it's every six weeks gives okay. us plenty of time to play a game. <laughs> Although does. we always cram them in at the last second. <laughs> I've, in fairness, though, I've already played this game before, and I played through it again long before we had we had gotten through there. And right. I fucking love this game. I really yes. do. And that's just, that's not a spoiler alert. I just, I talk about this game in the most glowing terms because it is just so full of character, so full of life. The storytelling is brilliant. The way it, the way it, uh, the way that the storytelling modifies the mechanics of the game itself and the level design is just fantastic. But we'll get to that in, yeah. a, few, in a few minutes. First, this is the fourth game in the Call of War series, and Gunslinger follows the saloon tales of legendary outlaw named Silas Greaves. 
and he's actually a legendary bounty hunter. So the main backdrop of the story is that Greaves is exchanging tales for beer uh, with the bartender Ben, the barmaid Molly, and a few patrons, Jack, Steve, and Dwight. Now, Dwight is really cool because he is super huge fan. Like, we're talking anime levels of fandom here with regards to Silas Greaves. Because he's read all of the dime novels that star the adventures of Silas Greaves. I I just really love that one of the I think one of the best parts about the game is that it features Silas in or around events of a lot of actual historical figures like Billy the Kid, the Wild Bunch, even the OK Corral, Jesse James, Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Tons of people that you've heard of. And it's just told with a little bit of twist on it. It's really cool. Yeah. And it's all which is kind of leads into part of the story where like some of the people in the bar don't really believe Silas because they're like, that's not what happened. And he's like, well, I was there. So this is what happened. And yeah. you just kind of got to believe him or don't. And, 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 and it's all basically told as a tall tale in a bar with a bunch of people drinking. So like it's all over the top and crazy, which totally fits what you want from a first person shooter. Cause it is, it's over the top. It's super fast paced. It's, it's very got- arcadey. It's got crazy uh, arcadey stuff. So if that's that would be my one gripe. If you come into this wanting a really good, solid first-person shooter experience, I don't know if this game holds up entirely from that perspective. Like, it's got okay mechanics. It's kind of meh. Like, it's... But that's not what you want to play this game for. You're playing the game for the story. You want to play this game for the story and, like, the interesting narration tricks that it does. If you remember uh, Bastion, it has yeah. a very similar storytelling mechanic to Bastion, and it actually builds a level in a similar way. Yeah, like it It definitely, it has a really strong narrator, which is kind of interesting since there are multiple of them and they like to argue with each other. And the this is what, what Paul really likes is as they argue sometimes, the level changes as you're playing it and you have to like stop and you have to redo some things because someone got a detail wrong and you need to go back and fix it and like so you can play through multiple parts of a game like of a of one level over and over and over again as people change what happened because no no that's not what happened this is what this is what happened and then no no that's not what happened this is actually what happened and you you get that a lot in the game and it, it gets kind of interesting including when as as you're going through the tale you remember silas is trading these for beer so as he gets progressively more drunk throughout the entire tale the story shifts a little bit weirder and and it keeps going to be like oh i guess this didn't really happen and i remember playing a level three different times because he was so drunk he had to go take a piss came back and resumed the tale yeah like there's there's some there's some really interesting the meta story is really interesting which is silas in the bar talking to people which provides the narration but um, the backdrop is really cool i I really enjoyed because okay when you first walk in when you first see the opening intro cinematic this is not really spoiler heavy because it's just silas walking into the bar being introduced uh to ben and dwight ben just asks what you're doing here and he's like well i'm i'm looking to finish up some business and then Dwight offers to buy him a beer because he's such a huge fan of Silas Greaves introduces Molly and uh, uh, Jack and Steve. It's, it's just a, a fun little intro cinematic, very much setting up the tale. Mm-hmm. 
what I think is actually super interesting is the see I I disagree with you on it being a a not solid gameplay mechanic first person shooter. I can understand why well, why it wouldn't be. I mean, I guess that that didn't come out right then. Um, because I mean, the mechanics are solid. There's just it's not a first person shooter to write home about. Like the actual running around, the run and gun shooting. It's mm-hmm. It's just there. It, it's you can you can get that same gameplay from a hundred other first-person shooters that do it that do it just as well, if not better. But yeah. it's the 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 story and the weird gameplay and and just the weird little tricks that it does periodically is what makes it worth playing, not Absolutely. the shooter aspects. Like the shooter aspects are just there and they serve the story, which is good, but they they don't make the story like you could have this yeah. involve zero shooting at all like this could and be i mean at times can be a rhythm game and it's totally works as a, as a game because it is like there <laughs> there's a mechanic we'll get to in a minute that is essentially ends up playing like a rhythm game at times which is kind of funny um and yeah like they could have that through the whole game for every gunfight and it would totally still work because the story and the narrative is so strong i i feel like the game isn't there as the focus like you're saying it's just there as a as an excellent vehicle for the story right. that's mm-hmm. what it's there for i mean if you're looking for a great high quality first person shooter you're uh-huh. going to sit there and play and sink into for hours on end maybe even in multiplayer or anything else you'll probably want to look elsewhere if you want an yeah. excellent story told from an excellent narration perspective oh. come here oh, and and the the one thing is is and kind of something that i ended up really wanting from the game and that you don't see is there's it's not there's no giant role-playing scenario in it there's not none of that exists like you're not going to get something like red dead redemption or you're you've got like you know this big sprawling narrative and you can kind of do whatever Mm -hmm. like i mean it's literally you have plot points in the story and you shoot everything that moves between point a and point b like it is it is a textbook first person shooter there's not a lot of nuance in the actual shooting part right and and you're not gonna you're not gonna get chances to really make decisions i mean i i only can think of two decisions in the game that you could make yep um and one of them had no effect at all on the story and then the there's one that is basically chooses which ending you get um but but that's it those are the only two decisions to make the entire story one of them is mechanical just how to get through the level yeah uh you you have a choice at one point of whether to take an elevator or take a ladder it, do, it doesn't do really matter. Anyway. Yeah, like you have to do, you have to do either one or the other. I don't know. I I picked one and it worked, but it it didn't affect anything. Like you, no, not you at all. Just get to it's just gets you from point A to point B. But it, it might give you different dialogue. But I honestly yeah. haven't tested that. But that's it. Yeah, probably slightly. I think it affects a a single combat encounter and how you inter how that combat encounter starts. But again not very little effect on the actual yeah. story itself no not none now, at all zero when you, <laughs> when you say there's no role play elements there are however rpg elements in this case as you're continuing to rack up more and more experience more and more kills 
you get those experience points and you can sync them into three different tech trees essentially yeah. uh gunslinger which is a dual dual wielding pistol toting badass the ranger a long-range fighter who's extremely capable of wisely conserving his ammunition and sniping targets from long range with a rifle there's also the trapper who's the close quarters fighter dude loves shotguns to carve a swath through the enemy the trapper is a master of getting objects and people out of his way so which which one did you pick by the way like which one did you focus in first yes you you just go all over the place at at that at the end by the end of the game that i was playing now i had everything unlocked because i would played the game already before and you can have Uh, a game plus over and over again Yeah, yeah. yeah well what did you focus in the first time you played uh, I actually went with, oh gosh, uh, it's it's been, I've had this game for several years, so I mm-hmm. don't really remember. I, I feel like it was the the Ranger, because mm-hmm. I do like the, the mechanics of sniping, and I do have a, a a bit more of a focus on sniping now that I'm playing Overwatch. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that it was the Ranger, but I, I can't really be 100% certain. Uh, cool. What did you yeah, my, mine was definitely Ranger, and then I went Gunslinger once I filled up the bottom loops of ranger yeah i actually got kind of pissed off at that because it defaulted to dual pistol mode and i actually prefer the single pistol you can switch you can absolutely switch but it defaulted to that mode oh for me it defaulted to single pistol and i had to switch to dual if i wanted dual i i for some reason it always defaulted to dual wielding for me like uh, there you might have actually done gunslinger first then maybe i don't know i have no uh, idea it could be either way uh there's also <laughs> A, a mechanic that returns, actually several mechanics that return from previous Call of Wars games, but this one specifically is the concentration mode, which yeah. if you, it's it's bullet like bullet time, time really, yeah. yeah. It it's uh, it allows Silas to slow down time, allowing him to take out multiple enemies with ease and giving him an X, XP multiplier, and it's kind of and an and it highlights your enemies in red so you can see them better. Yes, it's it's a very enhanced mode for shooting, and it actually, while concentration, mo- the concentration meter is actually harder to fill than previous games, but it can be activated without filling the whole bar, which is a really big improvement from the previous yeah. games. It couldn't be done before. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I don't know. Like, and you build up that concentration bar by murdering everything's yeah, face. Everything, yeah. everything you kill fills up that bar yeah. um on the flip side of that there's also the i don't know what they called it like the cheating death mechanic yeah whatever yeah. It fills up on the other side where like as your health gets low like you know in a normal game your health gets low and you get all bloody and you just hide behind something and heal well this has a, a weird thing where if you if you get all of your health depleted and and you someone shoots at you you have a chance to dodge the bullet and not die which is kind of funny which and you also with that bullet dodge you have an immediate headshot because your gun is trained directly on that the person who has shot at you's head like you will you, but even if you don't aim as long as you just click that left mouse button that that's an instant kill which is actually yeah. a pretty cool mechanic i like it but uh with concentration mode as well you kind of have uh, portions of the skill tree that will af- improve the effectiveness of concentration mode like uh, readiness in the ranger tree will actually give you a full magazine of ammo when concentration mode is activated so if that player fires or has a nearly empty weapon uh, before mm-hmm. hitting concentration mode you just get a full weapon like here you go go nuts yeah. it's pretty cool yeah it seemed that was from the gunslinger tree right was the gunslinger i thought it was ranger 
No, I don't think I don't think Ranger has anything really to do with that. Ranger has a lot of a lot of the stuff, or at least the Ranger tree that I went down, because there's basically there's two because it's like a little six shooter barrels next to each other and yeah. you fill in the bullet holes, but you can either go down or up. And right. the down ones that I did, like they would give you longer time when you're when you aim at someone, like aim down the iron sights, it'll slow down time a little bit too. Yep. And like if you aim down the iron sights, it'll slow it down even more the i think the ranger did give you the one where you can uh shoot multiple people in the head like just really really in quick succession when you're in the bullet time yeah and but i think the extending it was a gunslinger thing like extended out the concentration time well it wasn't the concentration mode thing that i was referring to it's oh. your, your weapon is automatically refilled when you get the when you go into concentration mode yeah i don't know i'm pretty sure that was ranger but i'm like i can't be 100 certain honestly don't remember because i didn't i didn't hit that one on ranger if it's in ranger which you know totally could be fair. totally possible because i did not get like six of them so so another cool mechanic uh do you want to talk about this one the nuggets of truth uh you can handle this one because sure thank you actually i actually elaborated on a lot of the notes here yes. um <laughs> you went a little of dan's hectic week so there's a kind of a neat little collectathon involved that gives you an actual impetus to collect as opposed to just, hey, here's some stuff, go collect it. It's it's called the Nuggets of Truth. So as the story is told, the player goes through the campaign of the game. Silas can pick up little collectibles that allow the player to read through some of the actual historical information of the real-life counterparts of the characters in the game. So say you find a Nugget of Truth uh, regarding Billy the Kid. It gives you a good little biography, some other stuff, just regarding Billy the Kid's actual history and life, as mm -hmm. opposed to just what Silas is telling in the story. If you yeah. collect, and if you collect all fifty-four nuggets of truth, it unlocks the achievement Unvarnished Truth, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, they're kind of neat. They're just kind of a lot of them are just hats that are laying around and just like yeah. little things all over the place. They're they're little secrets to get you to go out of the way and. It's a very first-person shooter mechanic, which is kind of funny. Like it's an old yeah. throwback mechanic for like, I mean, Doom had them like secrets that you could find on the levels. Like, yeah, just kind of funny. And um, and that was another big first, like classic first-person mechanic they have. Is like at the end of each level, there's a scoreboard. Like, <laughs> like which is great. That's, that's a crazy throwback. And and the the scoreboard that that uh, Dan's referring to is actually how much you've done and how much experience you've collected. Is the score. Uh, in, for this game there's also a uh, talent tree that uh, basically is uh, a nose for truth i think it's called a portion of the talent tree that if you unlock it you'll get that sound where it is nearby and actually if you're wearing headphones you, you'll you'll hear it in various areas showing you which direction to go that's cool yeah I was wearing headphones most of the time that I was playing this, which, and I've got like these 7.1 stereo surround sound head headphones, which I thought was, they, they made really good use of it because it showed yeah. you where the nugget of truth was. And I, while I haven't collected all of them, I've collected a good chunk. Nice, nice. So one of the interesting mechanics that kind of makes its way throughout the whole game, but also has its own separate play mode, which I actually yeah. haven't messed with at all, but I might go back and play with it a little bit because it was, they were kind of fun. They were interesting. Like, I can tell you about it after after this. Okay. Throughout the game, you have standoffs. Like you have a duel, like the classic, you know, at high noon, quick draw kind of thing. And it's it's kind of interesting. The mechanic is pretty simple. And basically, you have to keep a targeting reticle on the person as they, they kind of walk and pace a little bit. And it drifts around. And you have to like kind of keep it on them and fight to keep it on them because it likes to drift. 
and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So you have to keep be more and more accurate the higher yep. your focus gets. Because that's what that determines. That determines your focus. Right. There's also hand speed. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And then you have your 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 draw speed where you move your other your your gun hand closer and basically I just noticed towards the end, like if you just keep it as close as possible, it fills up really fast. Like, yep. but it'll keep drifting out away from it. And you just kind of yeah. you just hold it in close and well, th there's a sweet spot that you can get yeah. where it's like three quarters of the way between your hip and where your hand bottoms out on the far right. Yeah. And you just move that with A and D while you're moving the mouse reticle. It's, it's yeah. a pretty neat mechanic because at that point you just draw with your left click as soon as that heartbeat sound finishes. Yeah. You'll get to, life will kind of slow down for a hot second right before the, the duel happens. Yeah. But if you draw first, you will have dishonorably killed your opponent. Yes. The only way to honorably kill is to draw second and kill him. Yeah. yeah. If if you draw first, you are a coward. Yes. And then, it, but if you draw second, then you're considered a hero. And there's another weird mechanic in in this that when you after you draw your gun, you can lean to try and dodge when the person shoots at you. Yep. But it's was really wonky and didn't work most of the time for me <laughs> or if it did it like just randomly worked and it was i got lucky and i don't know yeah the tough thing with that is that it's not the same as the uh cheating death uh kind of mechanic yeah. it is in real time when you're shooting so you gotta dodge that bullet pretty darn quick and fire back or yeah. just be quicker on the draw and fire uh, it, yeah. it's so did you finish all the duels honorably or were you a, yes, a dishonorable yellow belly coward I finished everything honorably, including the annoying as shit Mexican standoff. Oh gosh, I hated this. So. There is literally one of these in the game. Pain in the butt. Uh, it really, if if you're not familiar with uh, spaghetti westerns, there is the old Mexican standoff. Three well, different guys. Actually, the most probably the most classic Mexican standoff everyone knows about is Reservoir Dogs. That's, that's like the point. that's the most classic Mexican standoff. It's when multiple people are holding guns, you know, or are, are staring down multiple other people and just waiting for someone to shoot or to try something, and then everyone's yeah. going to shoot and just kill everyone. Is basically the idea. In in this case, in the game, uh, specifically in Gunslinger, you're all having your pistols still in your holsters. You're supposed to using, I believe, Q and E, glance between the two combatants, and whoever's yep. looking at you is the one you need to kill first because you have to kill both of the people in the in the Mexican standoff or you're going to just die. Yep. So, and this gets extra annoying because there's, so you have to use Q and E to bounce back and forth between looking at the two guys. You have to use A and D to move your drawing hand closer and balance it out so that you build up your draw speed. And you have to focus on the person while switching back and forth but you can only build up your focus meter when you're looking at the person who's looking at you. So if they're not looking at you, your focus meter doesn't build up at all. Also, as long as you're not moving the mouse, because the focus meter doesn't go up when you're moving your mouse either. Are you sure about you, that one? Because I, I think that's 100% positive. Okay. okay. At, at least if, at least further in the game, I was, when I move my mouse, that focus meter does not go up. Okay. Maybe. Is that I would think it'd be really hard to maintain focus on someone when your cursor is drifting all over the place if you're not moving your mouse. Yeah, that's just how it worked for me. I just okay. it did. I was moving the mouse. I had to stop, wait for the focus to move up as he's. And then he moves left or right. As he's circling you, mm -hmm. keep moving that focus meter. It's really tough. Okay. Yeah. It's it's. 
apparently a little wonkier than we than I thought. So because <laughs> I didn't have any experience with that personally, but I could totally believe it because it was it was definitely weird. But yeah, the Mexican standoff thing is really hard because yeah, one, you have to you have to get your focus up really high. You have to get your draw speed up really high. You have to keep swapping back and forth between people. And then you have to either shoot before the other guy does or manage to dodge and not get killed in the first shot and then kill both of the other people after the first guy misses. But It is surprisingly both complex and simple at the same time, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And that's the only time standoffs got really frustrating for me. Like, I lost a couple of them and had to redo them. But, yeah, yeah. but it was just like, damn it, I, I'll get him next time. And the Mexican standoff was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I actually I actually got that one on the third time through, and that was just due to sheer luck. Now mine was about the sixth or seventh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. So the uh basically the the standoff mode that Dan was talking about earlier is specifically just every single duel in the game. If you can get you get five lives and you can't back out. You just oh. go through every single duel in the game. It's the same thing. Also, um, side note, if you if you are an achievement hunter, uh, make sure to kill a, a bird before you kill the guy. Because that is an achievement. Yeah, the, the, it actually gives you that on one of the load screens. It says, like, a real man can shoot a chicken and then kill someone or something like that. It's some, something really funny. Can like A real man shoots a bird before he shoots his prey. It's something really strange like that. Yeah. It just made me laugh when I saw like, it. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, a little bit because I don't, it doesn't I don't think look... I saw any birds while we were while I was dueling that I noticed. So you I don't... see a ton in like once you once you see that tip, you'll notice them and you'll yeah. see like five or ten of them at least going through the fifteen duels throughout the game. Okay, like um, it, it, and and specifically in the duel mode because you can unlock that achievement in the duel mode. Oh, that's cool. And maybe I'll do that just for the duel mode, just for shits and giggles. If I it's really, actually I... care. <laughs> I like I like that mechanic. I I thought yeah. it was a fun mechanic. Plus the just shooting a bird for laughs. Yeah. Now, mind you, in order to unlock that achievement, you have to do you have to kill both the bird and the guy. You can't just yes. kill a bird and call it a day. Right. Right. Man. So this this next thing for the game is something that uh, might be a little not really controversial for you. That's not the right word, but something like that. Like there were quick time events in this game, and yeah. they were actually pretty well done. I think. That was the that is the only reason that kept me from being very negative on the quick time events is because it wasn't that bad because it was literally just slapping the WASD keys. Yeah. So and, so basically the way that the quick time events worked and they all worked the same way. There was Yep. It it actually reminded me a lot of uh Die Hard Arcade because this is how quick time events worked in Die Hard Arcade, which is kind of funny. Okay. Basically, you get ambushed. There are just t- periods of time where people jump out and ambush you and a guy will pop up on the screen and it'll say hit this button and if you hit the button you shoot him and it goes to the next guy and then you hit that button and it shoots him and it'll go through this chain of guys that can be you know seven or eight people long sometimes which are and sometimes they're only like two or three it depends on what weapon you have out at the time because if you've only got a six shooter it'll go to a max of six before it moves on okay you got the dual revolvers you can get to a max of 12 same with the, the rifle it's it's actually a pretty cool idea because it will not well it will not cheat you out of it. Every time I had the rifle out, it switched me to a pistol. Interesting. I actually don't recall yeah. if like, I ever had a rifle out, so I can't. Because I use the rifle a sure. lot. I can't. I can't and then like why. and then I'd be I'd be running around and I'd get ambushed and then all of a sudden it, it would pull the pistol out and shoot the guys in in the quick time event and then huh. and then 
I would finish the quick time event with the pistol and reload the pistol and switch back to the rifle. It was, and it may have just been specific levels that it does it for or specific quick time events. I don't know. I don't recall doing any of them with the rifle. I, right. I recall specifically using the pistol with almost all of them, which is again, really weird. But the reason I say this is a lot like Die Hard Arcade, which was, you know, for the Saturn, I think. Saturn. <laughs> was that if you screw up the quick time event, your only penalty is that you just have to kill them the old fashioned way. It just yep. drops you out of the quick time event and you're right in the middle of combat. And now you have like an extra five guys to kill, which is in the in Die Hard Arcade. If you screw up the quick time events, you would like trip over something and fall into a room where you have to fight an extra few guys to get to get through to the end so it's just like it was that's one of the things that was really cool is if you screwed up the button sequence it'd be like ah well crap and then you would just have to kill a couple extra guys yeah but, you I, know you don't just insta kill with your quick time event <laughs> i actually absolutely that's probably one of the biggest reason why i didn't mention it as a negative thing because you really weren't penalized yeah like in say um it's not quick, quick time, time event, event or die yeah that's not quick time event the game which is called heavy rain to everyone else if you mess up a quick one of the quick time some of the quick time events, you can absolutely die in that game. And it kind of sucks. That's funny. Have you played uh Heavy Rain? No, I have not. Yeah, it is literally quick time event the game. Yes. It's it's by Quantic Dream, who are makers of quick time events the games. Yes. <laughs> quick right. time events the games that are not made by Telltale. Yeah, pretty much. Telltale does them well though. My opinion yes. anyway. Um, okay, you had something in here that I 100% fully am behind. So this is a thing with first-person shooters is you you have to have some damage indicator. Mm -hmm. So like when you get shot, you have to have some way of telling where the shot came from, like what direction you were hit from or yep. something. Like there needs to be some kind of indicator of like, oh, I got shot. Let me look around for who shot me. Like it's a staple of the first person shooter genre in this game it's just a little circle in the middle of the screen and like like the xbox controller quadrants of it will light up kind of where you got shot from yeah and it sucks like it's just it's really bad it's really terrible for locating the people who shoot you unless you spend spend experience talent. to yeah. buy a certain talent and the only one i can think of is there's one in gunslinger that let you that let you like see people behind you in some capacity like to let you know when people were sneaking up behind you but right. there's actually a, a boss fight in the early early part of the game that i absolutely hated and almost made me quit the game because the damage indicator was so terrible and you're just surrounded by people and can't see any of them because everything is brown in this level, including yeah. the people. Is and the just mine? like, yes, it was the mine. Okay. And and I things are blowing like up you and you're trying to run and hide and you can't tell where people are to be able to hide from them. And like, uh, it's just this giant clusterfuck of terrible. And if it had a better damage indicator, it probably would have been a hundred times better. But so the... The issue with that level specifically is that you're in the middle of a pit. Everyone has the high ground on you, and there's only one piece of cover directly in the center. So you've got to kind oh. of run around that cover. Well, there's one piece of cover in the center, and then there's a bunch of boxes to hide behind in certain like pillars around the side, basically. 
so you yeah. can run between like but the boxes don't provide very great cover and they can get destroyed they get destroyed yeah so you, you just have to basically run and run and run but you can't tell where anyone is standing because you have to run the whole time because someone is throwing dynamite at you and were you able to shoot the dynamite out of the sky you can but but if you're running already you can't turn around and shoot the dynamite out of the sky <laughs> well and one because you can't really it's also the damage indicators also feed into the problem of the the whole you know grenades flying at you problem that uh spec ops the line had of yeah. like it's hard to tell where the grenades are or in this case the, the dynamite is like and if you're too late, you you can shoot it out of the air all you want, but it'll just kill it's you. Explode in your face, yeah. There is a talent within the ranger tree that allows you to pick up the dynamite and throw it back at your opponent with the press of a button. I uh, wish I had that at that point. You probably I don't I think you can I'm get sorry, it. Sorry, it was the uh, trapper tree. Yeah, I don't think you can get it by that point of the game. But unless, maybe unless you're, plus. Uh, yeah, unless you're playing new game plus, you're not going to unlock all the talents. It's just not possible. Yeah. I when I said I 100% agree with you, I'd actually meant the the next one graphics, but oh. <laughs> I definitely agree with you damage indicator too. Well, tough. I'm making you agree with me on damage indicators. Oh, I 100% agree with you, but I, my enthusiasm was for the graphics. Yeah. So yeah, so we can go into graphics. We we were talking a little bit before the show. Like I played part of the first Call of Juarez game because uh, it came out around the time of like a couple of other Western shooters that were really really fun. Yeah. Um. It, but. It, it was just kind of lackluster. It was just, eh, whatever. It was, it was there. It was a game. Yeah. You could play it. It's not necessarily going to make you play it. Like, yeah. Some games will grab you and be like, you need to play this game. Call of Wars is just kind of there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It, it did what it wanted to do, and that was it. Yeah. So one of the things that really surprised me about this game, and that I think people don't really know about, is that like the graphics on this game are really good. And considering it came out in 2013... Yeah, it's kind of impressive. And it's not necessarily the player models or anything. The player models are are very very unique and have like a really cool aesthetic to them. Yeah. But like the outdoor environments cuz so much of this game just takes place outdoors like in the middle of the wilderness and you know some of it is in town and around town and stuff like that but like and the towns are kind of whatever but the giant outdoor environments are just gorgeous. Right. And they absolutely it, are. And it's really surprising to me that they made all of these different outdoor places feel completely different. Like the trees are different and like the vegetation is different. Like they, they look like you're in different forests, not you're just in, you're in forest A, forest B, forest C. Right. And it's all, all samey. Like it's, it's abundantly clear that they spent a lot of time doing the research and all of the, the art assets, the, the asset building just to, specifically get you the feel that you're not in the same place you were before with the exception of one time where you are going to be in the same place you were before yeah but but uh, even then it kind of creeps up on you like yeah. uh with the, with that one story that he's telling where he's like and then this character mentioned this and he mentioned that i was going to be here doing this it doesn't really you don't really remember it until silas says that line yeah and one of the things is like there's there's some caves in the game and like just weird caverns and stuff that you end up going through and stuff and like they look amazing and the lighting in them is amazing and it's just like there's a couple of scenes where you're like on rickety old train bridges and stuff like that and like 
you you feel like they're rickety as fuck like there's a giant crazy sawmill that again a lot of the woodwork is rickety as fuck and you're just like wow this is like i don't know it's just really really great yeah aesthetic because at some points during those those bridge scenes those sequences where you're running across the bridge you feel like it's going to fall out from under you that mm-hmm. that's how much it, it it's they spent a lot of time and a lot of effort to make you feel like you're in the old west. And they did indeed, indeed. Uh, sound of music was great. Like yeah, you, you felt like you were firing a specific pistol because all the pistols had different sound effects. Same with the rifles, shotguns. Yeah. Everything has its own unique sound effect, and I thought that was really yeah. neat. Yeah, and I I love the soundtrack too because the the score and the music was like western but not western like yeah. a, lot, a lot like kind of firefly style western where it's Definitely. like that it's western like inspired modern stuff. We, yeah western inspired rock almost because it had like a very rock kind of elements to it too so it Definitely. felt like a like a more hardcore western that you would see come out in the theater right now like as opposed to like you know a classic cowboy kind of western kind of like know. 310 to yuma i don't know never saw that one when it came out I'd recommend it. It's good. It's on my watch list for various reasons. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh man. The the character introductions were perfect. They just were. Yeah. So the first thing this this reminded me of was the movie Snatch and the way that Guy Ritchie introduces characters in the movie Snatch, which is, you know, again, fucking brilliant. Uh, but it, it's also very similar to Borderlands, the way that they kind of do the really huge over-the-top smack the character up on the screen, smack a bunch of other stuff up on the screen, and like, give them a little weird nickname, and you know. Yeah. Like, when they introduce the Wild Bunch, you, you see the, like, kind of like a comic book separation of all, all these panels, then a bunch of comic book little, like, uh, the, the yellow box blurbs that come up in comics where, where they're telling narration of the story, and it's all the Wild Bunch in there. I thought it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, they, they do a really great job with that, and it feels really awesome. Like, and it's it's very definitely, like, definitely sets the mood for the story the first few times that happens in, like, the first level, and you're like, whoops! Billy the Kid, and it's like, oh, well, that that's kind of cool. <laughs> Bob Bollinger and his mean ass shotgun. It's yeah. really fun to see because it introduces it even introduces the mean ass shotgun. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, I wish they had done that for more of the weapons in the game, but I, I think the only one who had a famous weapon, like of note, like somebody who had this weapon and it was very directly tied to them was Bob Ollinger. Yeah. Like I can't think of anyone else who had a, a signature pistol or a signature no, I, rifle. I don't remember enough about most of these guys that were in the, like, I, I know their names and I kind of vaguely know enough about them and what they did that like it's relevant in the game. But yeah, yeah I don't, I don't remember enough to like Jesse James in his obscenely long movie about how he died from the coward, Robert Ford. Yeah. Well, God, that was a snooze fest. So the hilarious thing I know about Jesse James was that, uh, in his train robbing career, he had this brilliant idea that to use dynamite to rob a train, and he only did it once. Yeah, because they accidentally blew the train up, and like, because <laughs> the, so the funny part is, like, apparently a lot of the time back then, like, they wouldn't even use guns to rob a train because they didn't want to kill someone. Because robbing the train was, you know, you just do jail time. But if you yeah. kill someone while robbing a train, you'd You're get hung. Them. Yeah. So that's why they it scared the shit out of them when they blew up the <laughs> the engine with uh, with dynamite by accident, yep. um, just trying to scare people off. And yeah, that was the first Oops, and last time, first and last time he ever used dynamite, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Okay, folks, it's that time. 
we've talked about the mechanics. We've talked about a bit of the how the the story set up. We talked even a little bit about the characters. But right now, in order for us to really give flesh to the game, we've got to go into the spoiler territory. It's here. There be dragons. If you don't want to hear spoilers, you can stop the podcast now. Go play the game and come back, or you know, play the game. If you if you're not afraid of spoilers, keep listening. But seriously. You gotta play the game. It's really, really good if you like first-person shooters and a great story. Yeah. So, you've been warned. There will be spoilers afoot here in just just a second. Um, yep. So, just a few more seconds to turn away at the last possible minute before you go tumbling over the cliff of spoilerdom. We're into a pool of spoilerific spoileriness. So, you have been warned. The following content contains spoilers and the possibility of graphic violence, nudity, vocal and uncensored opinions, cursing, loud sighs of regret, anguish, and the possibility of sleepy hosts. Please skip ahead to 1 hour 5 zero minutes 19 seconds if you wish to avoid the proceeding. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, this is super cool because we have the first episode of is, is literally billy the kid and honestly i fucking love the way the game is introduced because it sets up the story perfectly you don't have any sort of character the characters moving their mouths you know it's, it's just it kind of is like um visual novel type thing it's still images with, that are slowly moving across, either across a screen or you see a character move but it's kind of like shifted because it, it they give like a visual effect to the character moving and then mm-hmm. it's another sprite on the screen it's it's a really cool effect the way it's done the, the the cinematics are really good in this game yeah the first episode you said it's billy the kid and then there's part one of billy the kid is called once upon a time in stinking springs and it's a really good tutorial level actually like yeah they it really feel like it either yeah they do a pretty good job of sneaking in all the stuff you need to know as you're as you're playing through it so like you're, you're you're trying to meet meet up with Billy and the kid because you're ch- chasing down. Are you t- chasing down Roscoe at this point? You're chasing down pretty much everybody. Uh, at this point, you're just trying to figure out where everybody is. So there's uh, Jim Reed, Roscoe, Bob Bryant, and one other guy. I can't remember his name. Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. That's it. Yeah, it was Johnny Ringo. I wrote it on the margin of my notes. So you're chasing down three guys. You don't know why he's chasing them down yet because he hasn't said. He is just known that he is hunting these three specific people, but he also has an illustrious career besides that. Right. But I think you're specifically looking for Ringo at this point in time because he he and Billy the Kid have hung out on occasion. So you're like they work together so you're trying to find you're trying to you're, you've been working with billy to try and find rico i believe i could be wrong but i believe it's that's... either it's either that or he was running with a different like oh he was running with the rival gang and so you yes. were you teamed up with billy to yeah maybe i don't remember it's it's been a crazy week it has and fully <laughs> understandable i believe johnny ringo was running with a rival gang and you hooked up with uh, billy and the regulators yeah. because they were at odds with said gang yeah so what I really liked is that it introduced mechanics without holding your hand. Mm-hmm. That's what I really loved about this yeah. part, particular tutorial level. Yeah. So, so a big gunfight breaks out as you're heading to the hideout, which is this old farmhouse. And you learn to use concentration to kill the first few guys. And then you level up and you learn to spend experience real easy. And you, again, 
like these are going to be really weird bullet points because they're going to be really short because you just i mean you shoot your way to the house yep you and then you walk the in house yeah you walk in the house and you, you defend the house because a bunch of deputies and a big posse shows up yep and then billy's like go get the horses so you fight your way to the horses and get to the yeah. stables and then you you meet sheriff pat garrett and this is the first time the narrative takes hold, like the the meta narrative. So, so you you talk about, so you walk up to the stables and Dwight just jumps up and basically is like, "Oh yeah, this is where you met Sheriff Pat Garrett, and you had this big duel with him, and you killed him honorably." Yep, but that's where Silas says. That's not really what happened, kid. And the story rewinds to you just coming up toward the the stables again, and you're sprinting toward the stables and running, and then you realize that Garrett hits you in the face. Yeah, that's how it really happened. He met Pat Garrett, but he really met the guy's fist. Yeah, and and Garrett's disappointed that you aren't Billy the Kid because that's who he's after, and so he arrests you. And then yep. Billy realizes that he's outnumbered and surrounded, so he surrenders. And you both get sentenced to hang. So the thing with that is, a, a little bit later on, you'll realize that um, the biggest reason that uh, Pat Garrett is surprised is that you share a similar build and coloration to Billy the Kid. You really kind of look like him quite a bit, which is pretty cool. But yeah. that's also mentioned in A Fistful of Hot Lead, which is part two of episode one. Yep. So Billy escapes uh suppose uh, and silas makes mention that supposedly a lady friend of billy's had hidden a key in the privy uh, or i'm sorry a gun in the privy and billy tosses the keys into your cell you get up and this is where it intros bob ollinger's mean ass shotgun and i love <laughs> the slapdash the whip crack intro for this thing it was really cool they they also push you through where you escape from the prison, like escape from the town via the rooftops. And it dawns on Silas that because he shares a similar build and coloration to Billy, that's why Billy freed you because you're the scapegoat while Billy sneaks out of town. You're lighting yeah. up the entire stinking springs while he's lit lighting up out of town as fast as he can. Yeah. So you run away via rooftop and as Again, some more of the the weird narrative stuff happening. Like, literally, planks will fall out of the sky to connect roofs for you to run over. Um, I loved this. It was yeah. great. And there's at one point in this, you get that first quick time event, which I thought was really good. Like, it it happened, and I immediately, I think my exact notes are something like really awesome quick time event because brilliantly done. Four men just ambush you and you just pow, 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 like shoot all four of them real quick. And that's why it kind of felt like a rhythm game to me because it's just like W, A, W, A, D, like, you know, just boop, 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 real quick because it gives you time too. And I think that's kind of what sets it apart from a lot of quick time events is that like when one of these pop up, the guys like jump out and ambush you and everything's like slows down for a minute and you like register like, oh crap, this guy's ambushing me. And then it goes like, bloop hit the s key ding hit the a key ding ding hit the d key ding hit the w it is it is a really cool mechanic yeah. and i and actually it, and, and if you screw up they shoot shoot at you and you have to dodge it yep. and then fight the resumes it's ends. yeah it's done yep and, and it's it's really i like that it doesn't penalize you the only thing that you can be penalized with is if you dodge in the wrong direction yes and then you'll die yeah and then you then you die and have to do whatever 
but those are pretty easy to see. Like it's pretty easy to see where yes. the, how to dodge those. So the, the <sighs> biggest fun part that I thought is that they the characters make a lot of mention of is that is that why Billy freed you and uh, the only reason that they're not going to come after you is because the population is so thinned in Stinking Springs because you basically killed fucking everybody. <laughs> and I actually don't think this one takes place in Stinking Springs. I think it, it was Stinking Springs. Like yeah, uh, Stink- it might have been Lincoln. Yeah, I think it was Lincoln. Yeah, either it's, way it's linking the, and it's four months after stinking springs yeah e- either way the the biggest point is that are you sure that lincoln wasn't coming after it well yeah you killed half the freaking population just by just yeah. getting, trying to get out of town <laughs> and at the end uh you do have your first duel and the, well your, i'm sorry your second duel uh, your second in-game duel and this is the one that actually happened where you duel bob ollinger oh yeah yeah because you you duel garrett in the first episode but it doesn't really happen like yeah. you actually go through the duel and you do the duel mechanics and you kill him but then everything gets rewound and you don't actually duel him it's it's kind of funny that way yeah because dwight mentioned the dime novels and you're like not really this is how it happened yeah, don't believe anything everything in those dime novels kid <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny it um so yeah so one of the things this is where people in the bar start start arguing with silas a little bit because basically someone's like everyone knows billy killed the sheriff and the deputy and silas is like actually i don't know anything about the deputy but i killed the sheriff (laughs) (laughs) and then you duel the sheriff and kill him yeah and bob ollinger and his mean ass shotgun because this is where everything just really clicked for me because as you're you're lighting out of there the only weapon you've got is a long barrel double barrel shotgun and you are just laying waste to everything and every shot is a one-hit kill and blood spray everywhere it is a really gory violent quentin tarantino-esque scene and i loved it yeah it was pretty fun it was it was all right and and this is where you actually learn the almost never used uh <laughs> like melee button the pistol whip oh, button yeah, yeah i think i yeah. used it like three times in the whole game gosh i don't remember ever using it not like that, i had not to, to say i didn't i just don't remember it yeah i i used it once in this because you get the shotgun and you come around a corner and there's a guy coming down a staircase and usually he gets too close to shoot so you have to like pistol whip him to back him up and then shoot it and then i used it in the train because there's one of the train ones where you're the train's moving and you're walking down the outside of it and the guy's standing in the door and you have to like walk in and like hit him and then shoot the other guy like i don't know yeah those are the only times but i had to like literally go uh and hit a whole bunch of buttons to figure out which button it was and apparently it's f i think what's this button again Yeah, yeah i've done that a couple of times okay episode two is for the cowboys yeah, uh, so so it switches to an entirely different group of people that you're yep. running with and after. Yep. To fully explain this, the way Silas tells his tales is that he is telling about bounties that he's hunted throughout the entire time. So not just the, the three men that he's still hunting. That is yeah. the overarching plot. Well, this is also telling the subplots of each company that he was hunting. So in the first two episodes, he's not a bounty hunter yet. Right, right. This is about he's running with a couple of different gangs and he's specifically trying to track down the guys that he's after. Because in, right. in episode two, he's trying to find Ringo. And I have that he's still trying to find Ringo. So I'm going to guess yes. that in episode one, he was looking for Ringo. And, you know, he's specifically trying to find the Cowboys because Curly Bill Brody, who is with the Cowboys, like he's he knows Brody. where Ringo is. Yeah. And he's buddies with Ringo. Yeah. So you're trying to find Bill Brody. 
and because he knows where Ringo is. But after this is when he just becomes a bounty hunter to try and make money because he's broke, <laughs> basically. I mean, yeah. I, the the entire thing is set up as a tale for, I got to kill these guys. Yeah. So at that point, you're kind of, you're broke because you're trying to kill them as quickly as possible, really. So in this case, you're tracking him through, uh, basically you, you run across the Cowboys raiding a stagecoach. You gun them down. You check to see if they're survivors. Sadly, there's nobody left alive. And then everything tries to kill you all at once. Because yeah. you're in the middle of a little valley. And as they're raiding at stagecoach, you just gun them well, down and then just... Yeah. So, so this was also a, a cool moment of the revision story where at first it's a, a bunch of Apaches attack you. Yep. So you're shooting a bunch of Apaches. And someone's like, you were really attacked by Apaches? And he's like, did I say Apaches attacked me? I said they attacked me like Apaches. And it rewinds, and it's a bunch of cowboys attacking you Apache style, where they're on the top of a canyon and shooting down at you. And uh, and eventually, you run out of bullets. And once you run out of bullets, it's like, and then I ran the fuck away. <laughs> yep. You sprinted as fast as possible. Because the, the funny part is, is that as you're mag making your mad dash to the caves, you end up coming back outside and then for some reason, I can't remember the actual narration for it, but just a random dead Indian falls out of the sky with a bunch of ammo. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, okay, so you're you're running and you get to like the end of the cave where there's like this big like cliff and a waterfall and the exact quote that Silas says is something along the lines of like manna from the sky <laughs> like it, it, I found a dead Indian <laughs> with some bullets on him or something like that and literally this dead Indian body falls down out of the sky and like has uh, has some ammo on him and then as you turn around to start shooting people he's like and wouldn't you know someone left around left some dynamite laying around <laughs> and it's just sitting right there for no reason <laughs> other than the fact that it's a narrative device and Silas uses it so you also find the leader of the Cowboys, Old Man Clanton, and he's on the top of a ridge with a Gatling gun pointed down. Luckily, you've got a whole bunch of large jutting rocks that you can yeah. use as a as cover for you to sprint back and forth while he's reloading. Indeed, yeah. And it's it's kind of a pain in the ass. You basically have to get close enough to uh, like throw grenades at him to kill him. Yep. And the grenades are like in a wagon up on top of the ridge behind his Gatling gun. And it's it's just a giant pain in the ass. It really um, is. But the fun part, once you finally do kill him, is that uh, you, you Silas tells this little thing about how after you killed uh, the old man, but the Clantons blame the Earps for it, which is what leads to the gunfight at the OK Corral because they start trying to get revenge on Wyatt and his brothers because they think that they killed old man Clanton when it was really you. Which is unfortunate because um, that entire mess could have been avoided had they realized it was you and come after you instead. Yeah. Eh, oh, well. Yeah. At that point, once you uh, actually kill old man Clanton, uh, you kind of fast forward to tracking down Curly Bill Brody with the next, chap with the next uh, chapter in the episode, which is Gunfight at the Sawmill. Yeah. So you fight through the sawmill, you finally find Curly Bill, kill him in a duel, and then you, for some reason, fast forward to tracking down Ringo. Yeah. It just, whoop, all, you know, 
he tells you where Ringo is. You find Ringo. You challenge Ringo to a duel and kill him. Yep. Honorably, of course, because I killed everybody honorably. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did, too. did too. Yeah. Okay. Episode three is called The Innocents, which was also a, a, a gang in the Old West. And the chapter title is Magnificent One. So Silas is where, this is where he actually fully comes, becomes a full-fledged bounty hunter. And he's yeah. tracking down Plummer. Yeah, this is this one's called the Magnificent One instead of the Magnificent yep. Seven, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So apparently he's going to rob a gold mine. So you track them down at the mine, shoot your way in, you go through this really super crazy intense fight at the mines. Oh, which but... includes there, there's a room in the mines that like has like it is every wall in the room is made out of dynamite barrels. So if like you miss or someone shoots at you it blows up and at the end it blows up regardless and you have to run and haul ass to not die and like it's it's ridiculously crazy this is also where concentration mode or a very decidu- or, bleh, decisive use of the melee button is yeah. really good because i don't want to die to some dynamite i don't think you did either no. uh quick uh, concentration mode makes this just cakewalk and yeah. After that, you. This is where you mentioned the choice mechanic came in. This is yeah. one of the. This is the only other choice in the game. Yeah, this is the only decision that. Like at one point, you're like, I can't. He says something like, I can't remember if I took the ladder or the elevator. Yep. And and I was like, well, the elevator is going to make a whole bunch of fucking noise, and I'm going to be stuck in a in one spot for people to shoot me when I get to wherever the elevator goes. So I'm going to take the ladder. That was my decision. I, I took the uh, the elevator the first time, and then it just rewound and forced me to take the ladder. So apparently, it just rewinds no matter what. Oh, it didn't rewind me for the ladder. Oh, it didn't. It yeah, rewound like, me for the no, for the ladder. So, so I went up the ladder, mm-hmm. and you basically come up behind two guys that are like standing at the elevator, waiting for someone to come up the elevator. Because huh. it cause you send the elevator up and then take the ladder. Nice. If you if you go up the if you go up the ladder and. Right. And so you basically just are right behind these two guys and you can just pop pop kill kill them real quick. And so that's what I figure. I figured this decision if you took the elevator, you have a little ambush sequence and you have to quick time event the two guys. Yep. But apparently it just rewinds and makes you take the ladder. I I, th- I am 98% sure. I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember if it made you take the ladder or not. I might be thinking of going through one pathway through a mine and then it's just like, "No, I actually didn't. I actually did this way and it forced you down a ladder yeah i don't remember yeah anyway there's a lot of weird moments of that which is makes this game hard to talk about in a way because it's like no i didn't go that but it didn't go but it happened like this yeah yeah like like there are parts where it seems like an open world and the invisible wall is like i didn't go that way (laughs) and like it doesn't really reset you but uh, it might if you keep going but it's basically just like, nope, that that's not where the story goes. Or, and it's just funny to hear them like shoehorn in the invisible wall. Yeah. So once you get to the end of this map, this is where Dan almost fucking rage quit. Yeah. This this seriously, I spent half an hour probably trying to beat this fight. And like literally, I was like, if I don't beat it this time, I'm just gonna stop and I'll play it tomorrow and come back to it, maybe. <laughs> like I was, I was at that point. Like it was just, it was yeah. so frustrating because you can't, you can't see plumber, you can't see his henchmen, and there's usually at least two of them. 
and they're all shooting at you and he's throwing dynamite that you have to run away from because you can't see him and like if you shoot them and they're too close to you you die if you don't shoot them and you let them land too close to you you die and you're being shot the whole time and you don't know what direction you're being shot from and you can't get cover because you don't know where anyone is and it's just a giant clusterfuck it really is however once you finally pass that particular situation <laughs> you're on to episode four john wesley harden yes and the uh the particular chapter title is uh be quick or be dead yep so this one was kind of funny because it does the whole storytelling thing of uh immediate res where it just you literally just get dumped in a street full of people who are shooting at you and it's just kind of like shit fuck shit and like you duck behind cover and then like start shooting back shoot all um, the things yeah and you fight your way to the bar saloon in town and harden confronts you in the saloon and then silas is basically like well wait let me let me tell you a little bit more about what happened and like it rewinds everything and the best part is that it makes that rewind sound effect like you'd see on old video video cassettes yeah like old looney tunes cartoons basically yeah really but i, I just love that effect it's like and then you're back out the front yeah. and i believe it is the very same bar they're sitting in i don't remember 100 but i thought this was the very same bar that they were sitting in at the moment uh, I, I think it is. I do believe it is, but I could be wrong. Anyway, so you fight through the camp to find Harden. He's not there. You fight where you're into town to find Harden and finally walk up the, into the bar and shoot the whole place up and you get a yeah. big showdown with Harden. Yeah. So the the reason I made that note that you shoot the whole place up is the first time you go into the bar, everyone's dead already. Like you go into the bar and everyone's dead and you walk in and Harden walks in the door but the second time you have to kill everyone because yeah he got ahead yeah. of himself in the story i think a little bit yeah <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool um because it it shows the the fun narration that can happen when it essentially is just a guy swapping bar stories with people so you like uh, it, it really didn't happen this way i'm pretty sure it happened this way stuff like that anyway you've got your showdown with harden you win the duel you send him to prison yeah. and then well, so this one's funny because one of the guys goes, you're like, and that, then we had a duel. And one of the guys is like, you didn't kill Harden. Harden was killed, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, did I say I killed him? Nah, I sent him to prison. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, I sent him to prison. <laughs> I said we had a duel. I didn't say I killed him. He went to prison. Yeah, because there's a couple, one of the guys, Sam, I think it is, uh, like it just keeps getting more and more pissed off at silas the whole time because he doesn't believe him and it's it's just really funny steve no it's jack yeah. jack is the one that is doesn't jack? Believe him. he just keeps questioning and questioning and questioning yeah. his decisions it's like, it's like this is full of shit like this guy's just fucking lying to us because we're giving him drinks <laughs> so this leads to when silas starts getting really fucking drunk this is i think the first one where because this is the remorseful contemplative introspective drunk mission which is kind of fun yeah um so this one you're after a guy named gray wolf who is an indian uh because someone asked you if you've ever if you ever hunted an indian He's and like, oh, yeah i did yeah name was gray so you, wolf yeah so you start start doing this one that's dances with renegades so this one opens up in a giant wilderness which is really 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 cool like this is the first big wilderness setting that's really awesome they could have 
done better with the title, maybe Dances with Grey Wolves as opposed to Dances with Wolves. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. So you fight your way through this big forest and eventually figure out where the Indian hideout is, which is in this weird cave system. And you have to get into the cave complex. And inside the cave is probably my favorite gate level of the game visually. Like, oh, yeah. Just the, the lighting inside the cave and the crazy water formations and the like there are holes to the outside that like the god rays are shining through and like it's just it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is an absolutely gorgeous rendition for the game. It probably is the best looking level in the game, yeah. I think. And is this the level you were talking about that makes a reprise later in the game? Uh, no, that's actually there's. Um, it's later on in the, in the section where you basically go to the Great Train Robbery, then reprise the Wild Bunch again. Oh, okay. Well, I think this level where so when you get oh, when you get into oh, the grotto. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, well, no, it's not because you do two two different forest encampments. So well, you, no, you, what I'm talking about is like the actual grotto where you have the fight with right. the Indians. Right. You have another fight later in the game in the same grotto. Yes. But except you, it's except it's not Indians anymore the second time. Right, right. But you also have another fight remembering Grey Wolf's words that right. had already happened because it this was a place where you're standing in the middle of an encampment. Everybody's coming in, surrounding you and attacking you. Yeah. And then you're like, and then I remember Grey, uh, Grey Wolf's words. You will come to this place and kill many men and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Because that happened, that, that same fight happened. And you're just like, oh, this is the same place as you're killing many, many men. Yeah. But yeah, the, but I think this actually specific room where the grotto is, like it gets used again later, like at, towards me. towards the end of the game in one of the last fights. Yeah. Um, that was that I thought was a really cool throwback. So you get ambushed in the grotto and Grey Wolf is kind of just hanging out up at the top and a bunch of Indians are attacking you. And in my opinion, this was a much better version of the mine fight. I can see that. Yeah just minus the grenades being thrown at you like yep it just so much better um it, it felt like a more fluid there's no grenades being thrown at you which really is the worst part of that fight yeah um everything this else level, you can deal with yeah this this level uh had a whole bunch of the i noticed something i hadn't seen before and then whoosh the level magically changes <laughs> yeah which is kind of fun and then yeah there's that that cryptic message that gray wolf gives you about the darkness inside you and it basically just echoes through the entire rest of the game yeah because and the, i mean it is a revenge tale yeah but it, it it basically from this point on the shit that gray wolf told you like comes up almost every mission after this and yeah and eventually like jack pissed off and it gets pissed off at you and it's like oh god not that stupid gray wolf again <laughs> yeah um but you never catch gray wolf which is interesting it's like the the only time someone actually gets away from you and that is the in fact i don't think you catch him at all during the game it is nope. he is the only one who gets away yeah he gets away completely um well there's another couple people who get away but he's the only one that you were specifically after who gets away right um, okay this is i think you're probably your favorite level yeah this is my this is my favorite level mechanically like the, yeah. the actual story and the way this level is handled is probably my favorite and it's called yeah. it's from the dalton brothers or the the guys that you're after yep. um, and it's called they call me bounty hunter um and 
the gist of this level is that the Dalton brothers decided to rob two banks in the same town. Yes. And it's a town that they grew up in. So everyone recognized them. So everything just goes to shit. Of course. Um, so this level, I, I jokingly told you beforehand, reminded me of the movie Run Lola Run, where the yeah. same event happens three times, but slightly different things happen. And so it changes the story. Right. Um, so the first version of this you hear is Ben's, the bartender, because he yeah. tells you he was there. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that day because I was, you know, I was there uh, and it took place in the morning. So everything took place in the morning and they started Silas started off in like the sheriff's office and basically just ran across the street and fought his way to the bank and killed the Daltons in the bank. Yeah. Like pretty quick cut and dry, really, really simple. And then Dwight is like, that's not what happened. You know, it it it, it was at I know the story perfectly. It, it, it was at high noon. And everyone was on the rooftops. And so you, you you magically get like rewound and teleported to the top of the roof. And yeah. um, everyone was shooting down at the bank from the roof. And so you climb down against the orders of the sheriff and sneak around the back of the bank and climb up this water tower and get onto the roof of the bank and jump down inside and kill everyone in the bank. Yep. And Silas is like, well, that's not quite what happened. That's not how it happened, kid. Don't read everything you believe, don't believe everything you read in, in dime store novels. Yeah. So he showed up late. Like the bank robbery had already happened. People are already shooting and he's walking into town. So you have to run into town and make your way to the banks. And you get there like right as the Daltons are leaving the bank and running off. So you have to chase the Daltons down and try and catch them. So eventually, you corner the youngest brother who stays behind to distract you and take care of you, and you kill him in a fight that's not a duel. It's just on top of like this ridge, and there's some cover, and you have to like run away from him and shoot him a whole bunch and hide, and run away and shoot him a bunch and hide, and eventually you kill him. So yeah. Then uh, the second chapter of this is. <laughs> Where, where the, the other one was, they call me Bounty Hunter. The second chapter is Bounty Hunter is still my name. So at that point, you take your posse and the, realize that the Daltons have tried, you finally track them to a flooded town. And mm -hmm. there's a, the weird part is that he is always mentioning that I don't know where the posse was. They, apparently they were all lost because you track it, you're tracking the posse to the flooded town. You fight through the swamp slash flooded farm. And this is where, this is where Steve falls asleep. So Silas, to wake him up and just screw the guy, made up an Indian attack just to wake him up. And he's like, oh, no, that didn't really happen. We're going to go back to the tale. So you find a giant steamboat in the middle of the swamp for some reason, I guess. Yeah, and people, this is where you know, Jack's like, are you fucking kidding me? Why the fuck is there a steamboat in the middle of a swamp? <laughs> and, and then people start asking you questions about the steamboat. And I think Ben actually saves you here and is basically like, who cares if it was a side wheel or a pedal wheel? Like, yeah, yeah. Let the man talk. <laughs> and then eventually you find out that, hey, um, your posse actually betrayed you. Whoops. And then you wake up on the burning boat, have to run, run to escape the fiery death. And then there's this huge minigun fight while you're still on the boat. And then 
because you're you're on the burning boat and you end up jumping on the mach- on the minigun and just mowing down it almost what seems like an endless amount of baddies. It is a really cool sequence. Yeah. And I don't think you ever find the Daltons. Nope. I think the I think they both got away. Yeah, the other two Daltons you you don't or at least you don't talk about it here and I don't think you ever go back t- after them for the rest of the story. So meh. Meh. All right. My uh probably my favorite level in the game is the well, it's it's coming up a little bit later. It'll be on um Death Ride the Steel Stallion, but this one is still pretty cool too. Because I, I really love the train robbery sequences because there's like three or four of them in the yeah. game. And this is uh for the first introduction the for the, the first introduction of the Wild Bunch, which is episode seven, and yep. the not so great train robbery. So you'll start the mission making your way through a forest. Silas chats about how they were led by Butch Cassidy, a uh, loose association of outlaws who rob banks and trains from Colorado to Montana. After I, thought you that, get th- I thought that guy wasn't coming back. That was not the same guy. I guess it kind of <laughs> slipped between the two. Anyway, after you get through the forest portion, you'll come across a destroyed train bridge, uh, realizing that, hey, shit went, shit hit, went sideways. You'll climb all the way to the top of the bridge using the crashed train cars. Then you'll jump onto the train, breach into the room, eliminate everybody in there. You'll keep going through and realize, and Silas will note that he's got a, a deathly fear of heights. And he says, odds odds were I was likely to die that day yeah. anyway. So I was determined to take down as many of those bastards as I could. Yeah, so you have a note here about the red ribbon on the door, which yes. in the swamp, the only... so. Back in the cowboy episode, way back in the day, the the thing that set the cowboys apart is they all wore red handkerchiefs. That was the thing with the cowboys back in the day, uh, like that that particular gang. Um, and then in with the Daltons, they had there were big like red scarves tied to trees flowing in the wind to tell you kind of what direction to go in, like as a visual indicator in this crazy swamp. Um, and then, yeah, you run again. I run into it again here. There's a door that's marked with a red scarf, and like, it kind of gets your attention to to exit that train car and like climb along the side to keep going. Uh, and I think there's another one a little further in the game too, where it just kind of something is weirdly just has this little red flag attached to it, and it's kind of interesting. And I I don't know if it's supposed to have any kind of significance other than it's just, Hey, it's a red wavy thing and it gets your attention because it stands out from all of the Browns and you know, the dirt and all the stuff like the wood and the dirt and the green, like it makes reds really stands out. So I don't know. I thought it was a great little visual indicator without it being so jarring because it was either anachronistic or just didn't belong. It's not a big arrow key, like a big arrow pointing, like go that way. I think the only time that you'll see any sort of indicator that's out of place in the old West is if you hit the O key, which yeah. tells you where to go next. It'll, it'll give you a bright flashing yellow star, like a, a kind of a sheriff star. Yeah. And it does that whenever objectives update, like yeah. it'll, it, do, it does it once. It, it's unobtrusive. So. It doesn't really take you out of the story, which if anything, the story takes you out of the story sometimes because of the yeah. silly narration. But it it just it's a nice little visual indicator saying, "Hey, we should probably go. You should probably go here." Yeah. So anyway, after back. the fight with the bandits on the train, the wild bunch makes their appearance, and this is what I noted earlier because it has this really cool kind of like painty 
comic book intro the grand posse versus the wild bunch and it's uh th- they show the grand posse at the top and the wild bunch at the bottom like joe joe lafour uh T, uh, T. Jeff Carr, Tim Keller on the Grand Posse side. Then there's the Sundance Kid, Butch Cassidy, Kid Curry, and LZ Lay, which I thought was just a really cool little intro because it has the just a lot of a lot going on. Like the the Grand Posse's got a whole bunch of uh, guys on horseback, and the Wild Bunch is a bunch of guys shooting, money flying everywhere. It's really cool. Yep. So you take out a bunch of bandits after this, and uh, you chase after the Wild Bunch. So one of the things that that this did that was interesting is when whenever you got to a door, you would hit your uh, the concentration button to kick open the door, like yep. with the breaching. So you, you like you kick open the door and it automatically enters concentration mode to give you a chance to like gun people down really fast, like at while you had the element of surprise, which is kind of a really cool little mechanic. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, at the end of this, you'll kind of way at the end after you breach the last car get through it you pick up you basically get on a stationary minigun and there's two really large waves of bandits that you just pop 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 everything dies and it's really so gratifying to just mow everything down once you get through that there's a few more steps and you'll see george flatnose curry you'll have your standoff with him kill him and either honorably dishonorably depending on what you choose and then it's on to the next mission uh 130 to hell yep so this is uh, what five years later yeah it's it's five years after that the the same train robbery that you just finished the wilcox train robbery it's the middle of forest dead of night you make your way into the wild bunches camp you take out all the bandits in the camp and then you make your way down after the fight is over because you're on standing on an overlook you see that they have this really daring robbery planned out on a very large flat rock it's a bold plan diagram there. And then you find that the target's the bridge. And so you make your way there the next morning and de- to, in order to defuse all the dynamite that's attached to the bridge supports. So yeah. eventually you get to that overpass. There's a few small fights of bandits and then you'll start disarming bombs. But what I thought was really cool is the, the, the bit where you have the long running Mission Impossible type fuse. Yeah. You sprint after it. Move it you, get, you, you just move as fast as hell. You got to sprint after the fuse to catch it. You make it with a few little nail biter suicide leaps in order to catch it. You know, once where you just jump and mantle onto a onto the side of a, uh, a ledge. Yeah. Anyway, after you finish the defusing the last three bombs, you head up for the final piece of path and are attacked by bandits and Kid Curry. Yeah. Now, Kid Curry. Oh, so one of the things about this level that was weird was that, like, it definitely relied super, super heavily on the editing of the the ricketiness underneath the the thing. Because basically, you you would come up and it would be a dead end, and you would have to defuse a bomb. And as soon as you defuse the bomb, like boards start flying all over the place, and it reconstructs this path that uh, eventually you can advance to the next part in and. As things reconstruct themselves, people start appearing and shooting at you, and you have to shoot more people. And yeah, yeah. it it does a really cool job, like just flying things on and off the set to you know make cool stuff. It, it really kind of draws into that that arcadey um, old west kind of uh, slapstick feel, like because yeah. the entire thing has this really slapstick comedy feel where you just. It, it's really entertaining to watch everything being built, like the the Native American guy just falling down from the sky, and there's a bunch of bullets on him. Just hilarious stuff. Yeah. So back to the level, 
you find Kid Curry is behind an armored Gatling gun, which is holy shit. The only yeah. sure it's it's in a uh so you fight down a like in a ravine basically like yep and and he's in a train tunnel and he's got this armored thing and yeah the only only thing to do is to yeah check dynamite at him right yeah because you find a couple of crates of dynamite like you find one crate that's on the way to the end portion and once you get there basically it takes a you you're sitting behind cover and it takes about five to seven sticks of dynamite, like bundles of dynamite to kill the Gatling gun. Then you have your standoff with Kid Curry, your, your duel. Mm -hmm. uh, the, what, what's a neat little addition, uh, after you won the duel with Curry, he actually still didn't go down. So you've got to do that, that uh, cheat death thing where you duck, duck to the side, either left or right, and then shoot him. Uh, you'll just, he takes out his revolver, you just dodge left or right, and then pop him in the face. And that's the end of that mission. Yay! But not the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. So the next one, which is really kind of cool, is you actually are hunting Jesse James this time. You're at episode eight with Desi, Jesse James, and this is Death Rides a Steel Stallion. And like earlier, Dan mentioned, where you're just thrown right into the fight, you're you're killing everybody. Uh, this time, it's really just this. The premise for this is when Ben asks if Bob ever got really got away which prompts a tale of the time that Silas hunted down the James Younger gang. So you're immediately pushed into the train robbery breaching sequence. Like you are, you breach the door as soon as the level opens up, you gun down three guys and mind you, you are here to prevent the train robbery. So the best part is as you're breaching through the cars, you're stopped mid sequence by Steve. He sees, he questions like, Hey, is, did this really happen? Like what, what, what happened here? And just as Jesse James's life bar pops up on the screen, so everything rewinds like that really drawn out rewinding sequence and then Greaves restarts the story. And he's at this point, he's like, okay, so I'm coming through the railroad car and you're, you basically kind of like, I guess, I don't know how else to say it, but you, you fall from a long distance and fall through the, through a, the roof of a train car. There's a, a hole in the train car. I think you, I, I think they imply that you're like jumping off of a bridge or something onto it or I don't okay. know. Okay. That makes sense. So you fight your way through the train car again. This time you encounter everything but the kitchen sink thrown at you, including a bandit using a Gatling gun. And yep. then um, this is where uh, the, the fun kind of story bits goes and where a lot of the character interaction happens because he's like, hey, can... Silas is pretty fucking lit at this point. He's like, hey, can I have a minute? I need to go drain the one-eyed snake. So as he's gone, everybody's chatting around and... and uh, it and importantly, so so he leaves while and and as he is asking if he can go, the whole game just slows down and enters that concentration mode, like super slow motion as you're moving through a train car. Yep. So they have this big conversation and the whole time you're moving through this train car and you can get to the door on the other side and you can open it up and move to the next train car and you open the door and it's the exact same train car again and so you just keep yeah. looping through this train car over and over again while these people are having this conversation which is kind of fun because it's entertaining because it gives you something to do while you're listening to the story and it's not just there's just this pause where the yeah. story stops and you're just in the middle of like basically having hit the pause key or the escape key yeah. no you're still going you're still going through the looping train car and you're still listening to the story while Silas is going to take a piss. 
that was kind of a kind of neat addition. Yeah, it's it's a fun little meta moment in the game. Uh, this is where Jack is basically like, "This guy's completely full of shit. I don't believe anything he's saying." And Steve is like, "Really, man? Like, I don't, I don't know." And Dwight totally believes him. And Bob yeah. is like, "What? Why don't you believe him, Jake?" And Jake's just like, "Who's or Jack?" Ben. Ben is is saying, "Why don't you believe him?" Sorry. Like that. Yeah. But yeah. Ben is like, uh, "Yeah, Jake. Why don't you?" jack god damn stupid names um <laughs> they are dumb so, names yeah so ben is asking jack <laughs> why don't you believe silas and, and jack is just like this this shit's like so over the top and so fucking stupid like there's no way like any of this is really true like how can you believe any of this shit he's just an old old dude who just wants to get drunk and we're giving yeah, him free drinks. So yeah. He'll say anything to get more free beer. And then Silas comes back and is like, all right, where was I? <laughs> and then just whoop, right back into the train car and picks right back up where it left off. And um, after that, you, you basically finally finish off the level where you go. Th this is actually, uh, so where you stop the first time to rewind the story is where you stop the next time when he goes to take a piss. So you're back at the start of the, of the level, murdering everything in sight. Then you have your standoff with Jesse James, and he's like, bullshit, I know that Jesse James died to, to Robert Ford. And he's like, I, say, I didn't say I killed him. I just said I had a duel with him. So you've, you've wounded him gravely, quote unquote. Yeah. And then the level ends after you have your standoff, and it moves on to the next level. Yeah. So the next level is called Without Forgiveness, and you're continuing the hunt for the James Younger gain. And this time you're hunting down Frank James and Jim Reed. And Jim Reed is the num guy number two who you're trying to kill. Yep. Who, at this point in time, you know what happened. So Jim Reed, uh, Roscoe, and Bob Ringo. Is it Bob Ringo? I don't know. No, Ringo's um, who you already killed. Yeah, yeah, that's it's um, Roscoe, Roscoe, Bob. Roscoe, Bob, Roscoe, Bob, uh, blah, blah, uh, Bryant, I believe. Yeah, yeah Roscoe, that, that Bob, Bryant. Right. So, so those three guys hung Silas and his two brothers, and Silas yeah. was the only one who survived somehow because um, his brothers were bigger than him. Yeah, that's right. His weight wasn't enough to kill him, so he just the but they were their weight was enough to break the branches, yes. break the branch they were being hung from, the three of them. Yep. But he was light enough that he didn't choke out by the time. Well, his neck didn't break. Yeah. Because uh, the, the, the thing with hanging is that your neck is supposed to break when you have well, that fall. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, he, his neck didn't break on the impacts, nor was it enough to choke him out. So he freed himself, and now he's off uh, trying to hunt these guys down. Yeah. Had an and, illustrious bounty hunting career. Yeah. And Jim Reed is running with the James Younger gang, so that's why you're uh, trying, to, trying to hunt them down. So you're hunting down Frank and Jim, and you get attacked by Indians. Yes. And in fact, I've got my notes here, and this is actually the same spot as earlier where gray wolf mentioned you'll come to this place and kill many men yeah um yeah and and he mentions you know gray wolf again and silas is fucking drunk like his so dial his drunk. narration is is you're just like yep this dude is drunk <laughs> he's just he's plastered and then he um ends up asking uh, ben let me ask you something you ever think about death and then he starts singing 
Oh death, oh death, which is actually the 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 theme song for the entire game as well. Oh, okay. The closing theme is Oh Death. Okay. I didn't notice for some weird reason. Anyway, so at this point, um, Ben mentions something here that we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. He mentions the surname of Jim Reed. Like, we never knew who Jim Reed was. We just heard Jim the entire time. This yeah. is the first time we hear Reed, which is something that is kind of telling. We'll yes. get to that in a little bit. After you deal with all the Indians and all that craziness and the O oh, Death, O oh, Death song sequence, um, Frank starts sniping you from a ridge and you can't shoot him no matter what. Like, it's yep. impossible. I tried. Yep. Um, I so you just have to like serpentine and hide behind stuff. And the closer you get to Frank, the further he backs up. Mm-hmm. Eventually. And eventually you push him all the way back to his hut where he has like this rickety old hut on the edge of a cliff, which sounds really stupid. Yep. Um, and so you get to blow up his hut and they conveniently leave a whole bunch of dynamite right there for you to blow it up with, <laughs> which course, again, <laughs> lends, lends more credit to Jack's theory of this guy's totally full of shit. Cause there's always a shit ton of dynamite and bullets wherever he needs it. Yeah. Because, because <laughs> Jack actually makes mentions. Oh yeah, of course there's dynamite or something like that. It's really yeah. funny. And it, I, I just put LOL. The shot goes tumbling off the cliff and, and, uh, then uh, Silas claims Frank was still in it. And then Dwight points out that Frank is still alive and giving tours of the family farm for 25 cents a tour. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, Frank climbs back up. He's like, uh, I didn't say he died in the fall. No, did I? <laughs> so he climbs back up and sits on a rock and he's like, fuck this shit. I'm done with all this. You know, God damn it. Fuck all of this. Did you try shooting him after, no. after that? It doesn't matter. You can't actually kill him because you turn around, you shoot him a few times and nothing happens. It, it kind of was the one jarring moment out of it. And I thought they could do something cool with the stories. Like, did you really shoot him in the back? Kind of like something like that. Yeah. But they, they didn't do anything with it, unfortunately. Yeah. So he, he's just like, look, Reed is that way. You just, just go get him. You know, I don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm done with this shit. Um, so you, you, this is, you fight your way to a cave and eventually end up in a nice giant grotto which looks exactly like the one where you track down gray wolf yep and you have to fight off a whole shit ton of guys and then you get to finally duel jim reed and uh end up of course killing him honorably and it does not do the whole rewind effect of hey you didn't kill jim did you he's still alive somewhere no he's really dead yeah so then you get to one of the last couple episodes well actually this is the last episode isn't it it is indeed. Yeah. It is episode See, seven. The Wild which, Bunch again. Yeah. Episode seven reprise, I believe they called it. Yeah. So the last time you met the Wild Bunch after you finished with them, they left to go to South America. Mm-hmm. And one of the big... Uh, so you're after Bob Bryant again. Yep. And allegedly Bob Bryant has come back with uh, the Wild Bunch even though... The Wild Bunch died in Bolivia. Um, Supposedly. Yeah. Allegedly. That's not really the story. Allegedly. But yeah, that gets pointed out. Like, what the fuck you mean they came back? They died in Bolivia. Like, it's, it, it's That's kind the of... story they feed you. Yeah. So you start chasing them and you end up in this crazy, crazy ghost town. Oh, yeah. 
which is full of mist, which actually makes it really suck to see ghosts at any kind of distance. Oh, man, I hated that so much. It is it is ridiculous because... And they ambush you, like, constantly. Yep, because uh, it's not just that, because at that at this point, having been, once again, thoroughly drunk, you start seeing all the guys you've either taken on or killed throughout your entire career. Yeah. Everyone that you fought. The, it, it goes actually from first to last, each each guy that you fought. Yeah. It's really interesting, the little uh, little side story mechanic. Yeah. Uh, really? And one of the things that I really liked about this level, though, was that it did a really, really good job of making you paranoid of ghosts. Mm-hmm. And I found myself like frantically looking behind me and just randomly looking around to make sure like there wasn't a ghost beside me getting ready to shoot me. And uh, absolutely, like it was just really cool. Like I thought they did that well. Like it was annoying that you it had a hard time seeing all the ghosts in the fog, but right. like they did a really good job of like making me feel like I was fucking haunted and needed to needed to watch around me frantically or else I was going to die. Absolutely. What I thought was interesting though, um, and the, at the beginning of the level, it's, it's, it's made a big hullabaloo about how it's been more than 40 years since he started this entire crusade. He, he's an angry man. He's, he's angry. At the man he's turned into, he's killed a lot since he started. And then, Ben asks if he suggests that Bryant could be dead, and then he's he's very much like, yeah, that's, that's I thought about that possibility, but I'm I'm here today trying to figure out, I, I'm here on some business, blah blah blah, and uh, it's it's been, oh god, it is tough as hell throughout that entire ghost town because everything is it seems like it's completely invisible, you know. Yeah. So. What he says is that Butch Casting the Sundance Kid did not die in Bolivia. They died in the cemetery not six months ago. So yeah. he's, this is apparently six months prior to the events now. Yeah. And then. So f- first, you have a really shitty, hard as fuck fight with the Sundance Kid. Yep. Where you have to like hide behind these tombstones and run around a whole bunch and shoot him a whole bunch and hide and shoot him a whole bunch and hide and shoot him a whole bunch and hide. Because um, he's he's wielding a shotgun, and he is uh, like the Terminator, inexorably coming toward you. He just keeps coming and coming yeah. and coming. And I got to that point where I actually took out two six shooters and filled his face full of lead. Ran around for cover. Filled his face full of lead. Ran around for cover. It was a ridiculous amount. His he must have like a, a fucking titanium face because yeah. he took a lot of headshots. Yeah, it, it was a tough fight, and then. After this, you have your Mexican standoff duel, which my yeah. only note is pain in the ass. <laughs> it was, it was. This is the only time where you have a Mexican standoff between Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Apparently, one of them had taken the other's wife, thought they were dead. This whole thing happens where they have a falling out right while you're in the middle of it, and then you're you're just you're just trying to find Bryant. You don't give a fuck about these two guys. Yeah. But you're caught up in it, so you got to do something. So you duel them, you kill them, and then the finale happens. Yep. So this is the other choice in the game. Kind of predictably at this point, I think, uh, by the time this point of the story rolls around, like, if you haven't figured out that the bartender is really Bob Bryant, like... It hits you in the face with it. Yeah. Uh, But... I mean, I picked it up. You kind of pick up on little hints. Like, there's some seeding here and there and some foreshadowing. Like, 
Ben knows some details about things, like you mentioned earlier, giving Jim, Jim Reed's Reed. name. Like he knows some details that he shouldn't know unless he was involved somehow. And yeah. so you basically call him out for being Bob. And then you are given the choice of whether to extract your revenge or to offer redemption. So what did you choose? I shot the fuck out of the fucker. <laughs> I actually chose the other route and went for redemption. There's this big hullabaloo around how, a, like, so one thing, one other thing that's also revealed that I thought was a really cool surprise is that Dwight is Dwight D. Eisenhower, future yeah. president of the United States, on his way to West Point having a drink. And what's what's actually cool is that he actually did drink in that saloon on the day that they were. Th this entire thing is historically set. Yeah. I, I don't know if the, I don't know if any of the characters were there, but it sure was Dwight D. Eisenhower having a drink in that saloon on his way to West Point, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So it's, it's all the little quasi historical touches in this game that make it so interesting. Definitely. So Silas, um, if you choose the the forgiveness path, he he uh, flicks a, a a coin to Dwight and says, "Don't do it the way I do it, kid. You make something good of yourself." Yeah. I thought it was a really cool ending. Um, yeah, it's but yeah. If you if you choose the revenge thing, you actually get to duel against Bob. Yep, and you get the choice of you know whether or not to kill him cowardly or honorably. And I uh -huh. gunned him the fuck down honorably. Nice, nice. I I destroyed him. I think I had a hundred percent focus and a hundred percent speed. <laughs> like damn son. <laughs> like at that point, the after that goddamn Mexican standoff, I had that like down perfectly. It was just like awesome. your toast. Boop boop boop. Yeah, I, I chose the uh, the the forgiveness path, and there's nothing else that happens. All you do is just flip the table and yell at him for a bit, and then leave. Oh, okay. Like yeah, because I would there's consider. No I would consider playing it again just to see what the other ending is. I, I would, because I think but, that's a good ending, and they do a good job of wrapping it up without sounding cheesy or corny. Yeah. But, meh. It, it seemed to fit the story better, because, I mean, like, he'd spent all that time getting revenge, and telling these stories at the bar was part of getting revenge. Not just that, but he was trying to feel Bob out, see what yeah. kind of, or sorry, Ben out, see what kind of details he might have known. That's why he changed the stories a little bit to see if Ben would call him on. Yeah. But I also think it was also just, you know, making the dude sweat. Like, yep. you know, you know exactly who I am. You know exactly why I'm here. Like, I'm going to make you wait this out yeah. and I'm going to get fucking kill you. And I'm going to get some drinks out of you. Yep. It was a, a really, I, I thought overall, it is a stellar game. It is a game that I have gone back and played now. This is my third time through. Uh, I, it's something that you can repeatedly play through just because the game mechanics are solid enough that the game's enjoyable. The storyline the, the, and what pushes it over the top is, is the narration changing the storyline, the game mechanics, with or the, the, the story mechanics pushing into the gameplay mechanics of stuff coming down, like the, the Native American we talked about just dropping from the sky, all the, all the cool stuff dropping down to give you pathways, stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's just a really fun game. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back to the spoiler-free portion of our program. All right. So overall, did you enjoy it? I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I okay. like I said, as a shooter, I would not recommend it. As a as a game with a really fun story and some really neat mechanics you should check out, I totally would recommend it. 
and it's light enough that you can finish it in about six seven hours it's not a a slog through a very very long game yeah it's 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 a short the levels are five ten minutes each you can probably complete it in a few hours it's nice Indeed. i thought we needed a palate cleanser after that 40 hour slog that you did yes yes indeed well, not every game can be pokemon uranium not every game should be <laughs> exactly anyway okay all right so we did something well dan did something kind of neat for the next patreon game because it's his turn to choose yeah so i had a I have a we have a huge list of games. I mean, there's 30 games at least on here that we have of games that we want to play for Game Corner games. Mm -hmm. So I took about six of the ones that I really liked and I put them up for our Patreon patrons and I made a poll and I put trailers for all the games and I was like, vote for any of the ones you want to see and whatever one wins will be our next Game Corner game. Um, so the winner of this even though it was a really short poll and unfortunately i could have made it longer uh if i had known that things were going to be as crazy as they were this past week and didn't like i thought we were going to be recording thursday night so i had the poll end thursday night instead of uh well now to pull the curtain back it is sunday and we're recording yeah. um so the winner of this poll and our next choice for a game corner game is a little game called battle block theater by the behemoth and if you're not familiar with the behemoth they are the folks that made castle crashers which is awesome yes so battle block theater is a platformery shooty co-op game so there's there's you can play single player you can play co-op you can customize your person it's very cartoony it's got that the behemoth sense of humor and it looks like a shitload of fun i have the game on steam I know you have it on Xbox Live. Yeah, it's yeah. an Xbox uh, Live Arcade on 360. Okay. so But I might just rebuy it because I don't know if my 360 still works. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, the full retail price of the game right now on Steam is $14.99. I was going to offer, since it is co-op, and I'm pretty sure it's, you can just jump in and out and play co-op whenever, any of our fans who would like to play co-op feel free to drop me a line and I will be happy to, you know, I don't know how invites work in this game, but definitely try and figure out a way that we can all play because I think it's up to four player. I Something like say. that. I want to say it's up um, to four. If you wanted to get a hold of him for that, probably the best way would be through the Loaded Cart Twitter account. <coughs> loaded Cart. Yeah. Or Facebook. Either one works. Yeah. I don't check Facebook as often. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anything else to wrap up? No, I think that's about it. But yeah, Game Corner uh, should be fun. Battle Block Theater looks like it's going to be fun. Definitely. No idea if I'm going to be able to beat it or not, but I don't think that's the point. No, um, it's just for funsies. Yeah. Well, we, we'll, we also have another game in the pipe for our... Um, gosh, what did you call that? Uh, our favorite games. Yes, and that is... Secret of Mana. Second Densetsu. Yeah, Second Densetsu 2. Secret two. of Mana. Okay. I tried to remember the Japanese title. Yeah. I like to broaden my horizons. You did. You did. But the, yeah, the first one was Final Fantasy Adventure. And no. Yeah. No, thank you. I'd rather play Secret of Mana. Anyway, yeah. if you guys want to get in contact with us, specifically, especially for Battle Block Theater, you can email us over at podcast at loadedcartgaming.com. I am at Paul Cluel on Twitter. He is at loadedcart on Twitter. And if you want to find us any, anywhere else on social, 
yeah. on social media, you can go check the show notes at uh, loadedcartgaming.com. And if you love us, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'm not saying five stars, but please leave it five stars. Over on Stitcher as well, or whatever you're listening to us on. And please also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gaming. Everyone who donates, thank you so much. We really appreciate that you love us enough to give us a few bucks. Yeah, and I definitely plan on doing more uh, vote for our Game Corner game polls on uh, Battle Block Theater because it's it's hard to choose when you have like 30 games to pick from. <laughs> and, unless there's something I really, really want to play for the next one, which there actually might be. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely do more in the future and more stuff That's like great. that. Like also might do like voting for upcoming game top like show topics because um, we have a few that we could do. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that is what I want to do for uh, some of our Patreon fans because, you know, we love you guys and want to get you guys involved as much as possible in the show. Perfect. That sounds like a great idea. And uh, well, we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, here's some smooth jazz to play you out. It's time once again for a Game Corner episode. This time we're doing Cola Juarez Gunslinger. I'm going to have to do that over again. I just completely <laughs> blanked on the fucking name. Holy shit. Oh, that was fucking awesome. That was even better. I just, fuck, what's the name? Fuck, what's the name? <laughs> uh, oh, well, at least you got a sticker now. <laughs> Money. Mm. Me. Me. <laughs> Your cat has that stupid squeak toy again. She does. <laughs> oh. Yep, there it is. I'm going to keep this for a hot minute.